In the far future, faster-than-light travel is possible via portals called stiffworks. Human and alien civilizations travel this way for millennia. Trade, war, and technology proliferate. Countless societies rise, thrive, fall, and vanish. Eventually, almost everyone forgets the secrets of the stiffworks. Almost. 300 years ago, the worshipful company of Stillfleeters is formed on Spindle, a space station of unknown origin. They send fleeters into the void using stiffworks in search of profit. It is 100 million years in the future. Welcome to Float City. Previously on Float City, the crew is given a hard bargain by the powerful, extra-dimensional Rigamont trade lord, the Saffron Anox. Find out why the archivist Zeshtino Novell is holding up a trade deal of his on the planet Kakudun, or he'll terminate his three-century contract with the Co and blame their rockside troublemaking. Before long, the crew is sent to the artificial Mega Mall Moon Tsun, aka Narcosa, to fix a strange problem. Moving fold gates of unknown origin are popping up and transporting tons of wreckage to locations of company interest, including Kakudun. The team is told to find the source of the fold gates and stop it. Once arrived, the team encounters six gnomes who guide them through the gargantuan edifice and up to the top of a spire called the Plots, an apparent source of the trouble. In an elevator unstuck in time, Oat sees a member of the super future race known as the Snake Men and suffers dire psychological consequences. The team eats some snacks and in the cube farm of the distance liquidation unit comes face to Two multiple faces with a strange, seemingly technological entity. We join the team now as the negotiation begins. <laughs> That's just a little something <laughs> we say around here. Just one of our little jokes. <laughs> Hi. Remy, Venos, you hear this person speaking in perfect spin. Mercus, you hear this... Jelasti speaking in perfect Jelasti. Uh, all the gnomes hear gnomish. Uh, in beta, you hear this uh, imposing beehive-wearing sword-having commandant speak to you in perfect late Tefnian. Maybe the best late Tefnian you've ever heard someone speak. What if I told you I could get you in a unit, all of you in the same unit? Now you're thinking that's impossible, but I'm here to tell you that on soon, right now, right where and when you're standing, you could already be having the vacation of a lifetime with space-time shares. Now who's interested? Show me those hands. And as they're saying this, you can see the fold gates. You notice that the f that there are many, many little fold gates opening right around them. That like there's a kind of aura around them uh, of uh, these fold gates opening and closing very quickly. And they're very dense around their body. And that also the diaphanous shapes these people that you can hear talking for moments at a time are just like sort of blinking in and out of existence. Like you're moving back and forth across uh, the position um, of like, a, a, a just-in-reach radio station, but like six of them at one time, and they're just sort of blinking in and out of uh, of audibility. Mercus is slowly about to raise a hand. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, I Zap see we got one taker. <laughs> Who Zap else? Zap slaps the hand down. 
Oh, oh come oh. on. That's not fair. Excuse me. What did you say your name was? Oh, my name? Sure. I'm... <laughs> Zap shakes his head. Uh, Pop, uh, do you remember how you turned him on? Is this the guy you turned on? Oh, that would explain a lot of what's been happening. <laughs> yeah, yes, it would. <laughs> perhaps I, I, perhaps I reactivated this uh, entity when I was trying to adjust the communications panel. Uh, and uh, the this figure um, starts to walk towards you. Um, and uh, as they walk towards you, you can see that some of the cubicles that are between you and it, uh, as it approaches them, they lower and they sink into the ground and the trash that they're full of just sort of spills out into a short mound on the ground and they just walk right through it and are approaching you. Impressed? We have almost complete control of the local time-space fabric. <laughs> you can imagine that with technology and a business model like this, <laughs> well, the sky's the limit. <laughs> uh, and the um, ceiling that's above you uh, turns into a, a like a bright moonlit night sky that's just full of shooting stars. You can see a bunch of galaxies. It's like a, a just a beautiful uh, like cosmic scene. I'll ask one more time. Who's interested in buying a unit from me today? Mercus's hand tightens and is just looking up at the sky and is like getting really moony eyed, but um, shakes it off and, and turns to pop. Did you say communications panel? Yes, I did. Where is it? Oh, it's either up or down. I get it confused depending on which way I'm hanging at the time. <laughs> ah, um, can Mercus use insight? which is uh, burning one grit, doing a check, and uh, can either um, find a clue or MacGyver uh, your way into finding something. Sure, yeah. Uh, so I can roll a reason. Ah, that was a two. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> uh, it sucks. It sucks that Pop does not remember where he was. This thing is definitely technological in some way, um, but like it's... You don't know how, and you don't know what strata. You have no idea what complexity. Um, it's very strange. Yeah, Mergus gets distracted looking at all the light fixtures and trying to figure out where the panel is. I'm afraid that access to this quadrant of the spire is only for serious investors who'd like to make good choices for themselves and their offsprings. It's not a purchase. It's an investment. Now, for the last time, who's interested in buying a space-time share unit from he's pointing to each of you in turn <laughs> from me to day well i've must admit you have piqued my interest with your ceiling trick um unfortunately we, we need to help these gnomes with the problem they need to uh are looking for a, a, a comm panel if you could do me a favor i could promise you um a good conversation about some space-time real estate now could you make all of the walls clear ex except for the panel itself? Of course. And suddenly, all the walls vanish. And you are just, you're sitting on a floor, you got cubicles in front of you, and outside is the infinite void of space. The, there's no temperature change, there's no, there's no sound, the walls just go away. You can see space. This is extremely scary. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be scared. Oh, I'm sorry. I do. We do still need to see the comm panel, though. Is it a control panel or on this floor or the one above or below that you could show us? I'm afraid that's not my job. My job <laughs> is to get you in a space timeshare unit today. Well, I, I guess I'd prefer it back the way it was. 
<laughs> okay, and it happens. The walls <laughs> reappear. Hey, Pop, how far in this conversation did you go with this person? Uh, I don't remember the details of our conversation. Did you uh, go on a tour? I, I don't believe I asked for a tour. I believe I did my work. I saw that I had failed at my endeavor, and I ran away. Oh. <laughs> How hmm. how much are these units? <clears throat> That's a great question. Our pricing model is actually based on what you can afford. So after our administration department takes a look at your personal finances, we'll be able to come up with a price that reflects your exact needs. Sign here. And uh, he, his, well, I say he, but some of you, of course, don't perceive it as a, as a male gendered entity. So they they um, they they bring their hands up front, and in between their two in between their two hands. The space begins to sort of bend and lens a little bit. And this just sort of small um, basketball-shaped fold gate just sort of pops into existence. The figure reaches through the fold gate and brings out uh, some of that same sort of paper you saw earlier, that the, the sort of electronic uh, uh, video paper that was lying on the ground, and hands you a sheet of it. And it is covered in completely unparsable, illegible language and writings that you do not understand, though at the bottom there is a clear blank line sort of looks like if you were to make a language out of shapes of the moon, uh, but also it exists in time, so they're always sort of moving a little bit. So, uh, so, so friend, um, do you, uh, do you, are, do you have anything to do with these, these gates that are, th these things that are opening up and flying around here? Cause it's a little, I, I mean, I, I would like to, I would like to purchase some real estate, but I feel uncomfortable with the number of portals opening and closing yes, in this good point, good particular point. space. Our technological mastery of the space-time fabric locally allows us to offer an infinite supply of real estate inventory. You can imagine that with that kind of technology and this business model, the sky's the limit. The uh, the sky um, above you that was once the um, cosmic scene shifts to like Windows 98 blue sky, wispy clouds, like beautiful, bright blue, like beautiful clouds, very bright. It's now very bright in this room. And also as they're describing their mastery, um, the fold gates that are around them already in a dense kind of halo get a little bit more dense and it just, they just like crackle and sizzle as they come into existence and disappear. Uh, Marcus sighs at the new sky and it's just like, oh. Uh, look, I understand. It's a big decision. You have any of this, these uh, spaces on Cockadoon? Cockadoon? You're interested in Cockadoon? <laughs> Boy, have I got some good news for you. We've got a satellite office opening on Cockadoon in the next and then another imperceptible batch of static. <laughs> and he says, you can see it right here. And then the figure creates a full body sized fold gate directly in front of them. Take a look. And he throws the gate. Oh my God. Everybody roll movement and get a six or higher. <laughs> oh. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna burn I'm gonna burn six grit. Marcus is gonna uh, burn three. Yeah, I think Remy's gonna burn three also. Wait, no, 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 six because that's two, right? Woo. Just made it. Yeah. Well, yep. You rolled a one. I rolled a one, but I burned six. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Damn it. Uh, I rolled a seven, and I also burned three or six, so super good. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I, I rolled a three, but burned three, so I got a six. Venus rolled two. Yoits. Me and Venus. Oh, no. Don't like it when you say that. <laughs> uh, okay. 
just so that they have a name, Taylor and I have been referring to this character as the sales them, uh, um, <laughs> which is sort of a mouthful, um, but uh, the sales them uh, launches the fold gate at the group of you. Um, Zap is right out in front and he tries to dodge out of the way um, and he beefs it. He, have fun on Cockadoon, friend. He's like trying to get out. He turns in one direction, starts to run, realizes that if he doesn't, it, like if he doesn't time it just right, he's going to get cut in half by it. Um, and so he uh, hits the deck uh, and he tries to see whether or not he's going to get uh, get underneath it. And he kind of can, but uh, the bottom of the fold gate just scrapes all along his back. Uh, and it singes. You can hear it crackling. No. It is melting through flesh. It no. is cutting. It is cutting through all of the pockets and pouches and straps that he has on him. And it just it smells like burning meat. It's terrible. Um, and he takes. Hold on. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, he takes ten damage. Oh yes. Uh, Okay, who, so Mercus gets out of the way, yeah. right? So Mercus is like right behind Zap and sees him try to figure out what to do. He takes slightly too long to do it, hits the deck, uh, and then just gets burned all to shit. Um, and he's like screaming on the ground. Um, he's not dead, but he's not, he's not doing good. And you, like having maybe like a, just an extra half a second, you and Deep River, uh, both just sort of like dive off to the side and you're fine, you miss it. Uh, who else got out of the way? Remy gets out of the way. Uh, mm -hmm. Remy, same thing, like manages to dodge, hits the deck and does it in such a way that he, uh, you, you know, isn't uh, isn't caught. Um, as it approaches the group, I think Torres sees that Pop is looking at his machine, maybe like trying to figure out if this is the right place or like trying to figure out if there's something that he can do and realizes that the fold gate is moving way too quick and he and like he's and pop's going to get got and so Torres runs from the other, from one side of the group to the other to try to push Pop out of the way and I think is successful, but has to decide whether or not he's going to get caught by the edge of the fold gate or try to throw himself fully through it and then hope that he survives the, the journey through. Fully through it. Fully through it. Right, because that's the choice is like if you can't get out of the way, you can throw yourself into it, but then you're throwing yourself into the Escheresque. Taurus runs across the room. Pop! Pop! Damn it! Serpentine! Serpentine! <laughs> and knocks Pop out of the way. Pop was, you know, absorbed into his instruments, trying to see if this was the right place. Where's that panel, right? Not paying attention at all. Taurus knocks Pop out of the way, looks back at the group in a split second and says, Wait for me! And he throws himself through the portal. Ah! Uh, uh, yeah, Taurus just disappears. You don't, you, you don't hear anything else. He just, he falls into this fold gate uh, that the that the sales them opened and the fold gate just continues forward mm. and as it goes past you all it's just like scooping up trash tables chairs parts of the cubicle just lasering this circle of uh, uh, teleportation and destruction like this, this weird sort of invisible tunnel through the the, the space behind you 
Venus, um, you rolled a two. Uh, Nick, you rolled a two. So Venus cannot get out of the way. So this right. like giant round portal, fold gate. Uh, you can see on the other side, you know, some some number of meters of the Escheresque, and then uh, into it uh, another fold gate opening up onto the beaches, presumably of Kakudun. Uh, it's rocketing towards you, and you don't think you're you're not going to be able to step out of the way in time. So what do you want to do? Uh, Venus uh, can see that he would need to take probably two big steps and maybe a good jump to get out of the way. He realizes that's not going to happen. So he reaches in, grabs the full gate stabilizer, and just shoves it out in front of him um, as if it was a Spartan shield um, <laughs> that would protect him from this uh, full gate coming in. Yeah, just uh, you have to burn 1d12 grit. Yep. I've been rolling low all night, so this is a good time Yee! to do that again. But if we get a high roll, then that's normal. Yes, it is. It's 10. <laughs> yep, I got oh, uh, no. 10. Classic. Um, you successfully do it. Yeah, and I think you get it, like, just in time. You whip it off of, from around, like, around your shoulder and, like, extend it in front of you. Uh, you put your arms outright just as the fold gate is at arm's length. And yeah, it does exactly what it did when you were downstairs. It sort of like ripples and expands to the edges of the fold gate and holds it stable. How much? Because you, it cost you a lot the last time you did it too. How yes. are you doing grit wise? I'm not good. Okay. I'm not well, going no. good grit wise. I had a, I have a massive amount of grit to start, but I've spent 22 grit so far on using Jeez. a stabilizer. Uh, well, it seems uh, luckily it seems like it is now stable. So just like luck of the draw, you know, we didn't we didn't roll initiative, but um, anybody who has not yet gone to try to dodge the fold gate no longer has to uh, because Venus has stabilized it. So I think that means beta is fine. Even if they roll a one. Oh. <laughs> uh, okay, we'll get to that. Hold on, there might be another price that you okay. have to pay. Um, I think Dorito <laughs> is fine. Uh, and uh, Remy is yeah. Remy was already fine. Hair. Deep River's fine. Hair is fine. Hair's all right. Uh, hair yeah. rolled pretty bad, but yeah. They're, they're, was, look, the gnomes are used to this. They're dodging these gates so often. You know, only Pop who wasn't paying attention was the real danger. Beta, you are just off far enough that you don't have to dodge the uh, fold gate. You can see you're just on the edge of it, um, and so you have to make a small like not brisk step off to the side to just make sure that you don't get clipped and you don't have to fall fall in. Um, and, but you watch this carnage just completely unfold in front of you. You see Zap get burned. You see Torres get pulled in through the portal. Um, you see uh, Deep River and Demarcus dodge out of the way. You see Remy hit the deck. Uh, you see Venus almost get completely sucked in. And um, as you're watching this, you like are taking in the scene. You're looking back and forth across the group that's in front of you. And then you look back at the shoot the with the beehive hairdo and she's looking directly at you and she's upset that you weren't interested in kakudun i thought we had a rapport oh it's not that i'm not interested and beta is uh scrambling huh, what if i come back later <laughs> I've heard that one a million, trillion, billion times before. And will again. <laughs> the first thing they tell you in artificial intelligence sales them school is don't take no for an answer. So let's just make this the time that I always be closing. All the lights turn red and a spotlight <laughs> is on you. 
Let's have you sign on the line that is dotted and get you in that unit today. Come on. Beta is overwhelmed because she understands that this shit that is not actually real, but she wants her to like her so badly that she half signs her name. And the rest? Uh... <laughs> Uh, the lights start pulsating red. <laughs> All right, you know what? If you're not seriously interested in purchasing a space timeshare unit today, then that makes you all loiterers. <laughs> and the first rule of the mall is no loitering. <gasps> uh, everybody roll initiative. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Hello out there, Steel Fleeters, fun heads, floaters. Well, maybe we don't want to be called floaters. Hey, I don't know. Email me, tweet me, let me know what you want to be called. But regardless, hi, how are you? Hey, it's me, Taylor. You probably know me because you were just listening to me talk to you. But I'm here now to tell you about our new sponsor on the show. That's right, Inked Gaming, right? Inked Gaming. Maybe you already know them, maybe you don't. In case you don't, uh, Inked Gaming, they do all sorts of game stuff. Tabletop gaming gear, play mats, dice bags, dice, sleeves, uh, all sorts of things like that. Uh, they are a one-stop shop for quality gaming gear. And their products feature designs from talented artists and creators all over the world. And you know we would not be doing business with them unless, correct, all the artists and creators featured on Inked Gaming receive a commission from products sold with their work. Now, not only is the stuff that they already have fantastic, it's, it's, it's really cool and fun, but also they specialize. They really make it sing, uh, helping you customize your gaming gear quick and easy to make your gaming stuff your style. And they make it easy and affordable. And it's not some like big weird company uh, who you can't understand working in like some sort of black box operation. Oh, no, 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 no. It's a small company dedicated 18 tight knit gamers out of Corvallis, Oregon. And they've been doing it since 2011. Everything is made here in the US of A. Just working with them, it's very easy to see that they love what they do. Uh, and they even sent me some stuff, uh, which was fantastic. And I swear to God, I'm not kidding. It smelled like shortbread, like playmats, dice bags that smell like, like buttery cookies an adorable grandma would have in the oven when you come over. It was great. Okay, so not only all that, but if you're ready to up your game, Inked Gaming gave us an exclusive discount code. You knew it was coming, and here it is, baby. I'm not going to disappoint. Exclusive discount code just for listeners of this podcast. Can you believe it? So go to Inked Gaming site at, guess what? InkedGaming.com slash FunCity and use the code FunCity at checkout to receive 10% off your entire order. And if you're like me, someone who once they make a move, you know, it's... It, you you got to go all the way. If you're going to get a whole bunch of stuff and if you're going to go back, you'll probably end up going back. Don't overlook the loyalty program, the consortium. That is a good deal. And this year only consortium members will be given early access and exclusive perks in their upcoming Black Friday sale. So go, go, go get on that now. Again, that link is inkedgaming.com slash funcity and use the code funcity at checkout for 10% off everything. Maybe you know you want to do it. 
So the gnomes go first. And the way we're going to do the gnomes is so that we don't have uh, just like gnomes on gnomes on gnomes um, just plugging up initiative is that uh, the first in command is going to tell them what to do. Um, and so uh, Zap, seeing the uh, walls and the ceiling turn red and realizing that this is some sort of defense protocol that this thing has tripped, uh, just shouts from the ground. He like lifts his face up and sort of like gravelly. He's like, everybody hide. Uh, and you- <laughs> <laughs> you can see you can see all of the gnomes like spread out like they all go to different places behind uh, the bits of cubicle. The next to act is Venus. Um, where is the sales them with regards to the portal that's still open because of this portal stabilizer? Yeah. So I imagine that you are standing roughly a foot in front of the stabilized portal um, mm. and that on the other side of it, you can't see them. You can't see the sales them uh, because the uh. portal's in the way. But they are, uh, you know, it's hard to tell because you can't see them, but like 15 or 20 feet. Okay, I see. And then who fell into the, did anybody fall into the... Torres um, did, yeah. Torres did. It, are, can they come back out? You are looking into the fold gate, and you can see that there is... It's strange. It's like in the Escher-esque, the fold gate is in the sky, looking mm-hmm. down at the ground, and at some distance uh, f- further down from where you're looking, even though you're looking forward, uh, there is another fold gate that's open, uh, also in the Escher-esque, and through that fold gate, you can see a kind of beachy scene. Uh, like, you can see what looks like maybe sand and maybe like a wooden dock and some small houses. And if you really look, uh, you can see like a small figure that could be a gnome. But on Cockadoon. But on Cockadoon. I see. Uh, Well, I guess Vitos won't touch the um, portal just in case anybody else around here has a way of getting um, them back. But Venus takes a look at the situation. Fold gate is a couple feet in front of him. The sales them is 10 feet behind. Um, and Venus starts um, thinking about all that the weird could offer um, upon this AI uh, creature. He opens up his uh, bag. He rifles through. He throws out um, a feather and a kind of a wood piece um, that's got a couple of jewels on it. Um, He reaches down and he goes, aha! And um, uh, he pulls out uh, a long stick and he says, oh, that's not it. Uh, He reaches back in and pulls out (laughs) a double-barreled shotgun. Um, He loads the shotgun um, with some um, some slugs that he has um, and points the shotgun <laughs> at the face of the sales them and uh, shoots. You gotta give us a line. You gotta have him yeah. say something before he shoots this robot in the face with a fucking shotgun. <laughs> so he says, the mall is also for eating what we have just done. <laughs> I should have black over here, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And uh, then he shoots him in the face. (laughs) Okay. All right. Uh, incredible. Uh, yeah, roll combat. All right. Uh, And the uh, sales them is going to roll movement to dodge. Six. Ooh, that's going to be tough. So Venus, uh, he's got a relatively low, low combat of four uh, plus one, so he will burn three grit to add three. 
and he rolls a five. So that is eight total. Uh, and the sales then roll the six. Is that what yes, you said? Yes, sir. Yes. Okay. So yeah, uh, you, you fire a slug round, which is yeah. just like a cylinder of metal. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. directly at the sales them uh, and uh, yeah something interesting happens mm-hmm. um, you hear a you hear a loud like thung sound uh, like metal hitting metal and the sales them like blinks a little bit yeah for a brief moment like the body the like visible body of the sales them just sort of like vibrates and shimmies like if you were to take a <laughs> Like if you were to take like a, uh, uh, like a, I don't know, a DVD player and shake it really hard while it's playing a movie, it's like something fucked this thing up uh, and it kind of leans back and it sits back up, it raises <laughs> itself back up and there's not a mark on it. There's not a mark on it. But behind it, there's a trail of just like smoking uh, shards of metal and like chips and wires and like stuff on the ground, just like in a line behind it. But you can see no difference. That hurt. And that's no way to treat a potential business partner. (laughs) Nick, tell us uh, how much damage does the sales them take? Uh, It's 3d4. So So roll roll 3d4. Wow. Only four. So the sales them takes four damage. Wow. Okay. Marcus. Uh, Mercus is still on the ground um, next to G- Deep River and um, starts rummaging through his pack. Where did, where did I put it? 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 And uh, pulls out the stupendous foamator, the mm. little silver blimp, and from below ejects the foam toward the sales them. Roll combat, um, and the sales them will roll movement to dodge. Okay, Mercus is going to burn three. Uh, okay. That's a good Sorry. idea. Trap the sales them in a foam block. Yeah. Oh, eight. So 11. I rolled a seven. Uh, so you uh, pull back on the plunger and you push it back down and um, it, the the f- stupendous foamator expands um, and the lights uh, in between the seams of the, f- the flanges of the blimp light up and there's this bright, uh, you know, this, the room is mostly red, but around you it is now a disco party. Yeah. And this, this very excited, uh, like, male voice uh, just starts singing, Who loves foam? The customers of the stupendous foamator love foam. Foam. They're big fans of foam. It's truly awful. It's like a terrible, it's just a very, very bad dance hit. The sales them, you are now covered in like a kind of like creamy white foam mm-hmm. um, that over the next, so I mean, oh, it expands and it gets bigger and bigger. It takes an hour to harden. So, you know, like <laughs> over the next few minutes, it will start to get stiffer and stiffer. Uh-huh. But yeah, you're now covered in a weird kind of foam and there's a bunch of foam on the ground too. Uh, and it's like growing and growing and growing in the space that you're in. Okay. And you can see that the foam is like kind of like coming in and out of the surface of the sales them. It's very, very strange sort of visual effect. There's like knobs of foam, not on the, their, their skin, but like coming through their skin. Whoa. Weird. What could it mean? What could it mean? Uh, please tell me it's the sales them's turn. Beta and the sales them act at the same time. Uh, so if you want, if you want, you can either act at the same time, or well, I would let you do another movement uh, 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 tiebreaker. Tiebreaker. Oh, roll, roll it the nine. Oh, well, I, yeah, roll I can't Oof. roll higher than a nine because I, I have a D eight. Timey. I roll oh, a seven. Yeah, D eight. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, sales them goes first. If you guys Ooh. are you guys okay with this rule? Yes. Okay, another move a movement tiebreaker. All right, yeah, sales them acts first. The sales them 
separates. Okay. <laughs> what the fuck? Okay. The sales them the the, the the sales them without moving their like limbs. Mm -hmm. The sales them just floats <laughs> through Venus. Just like <gasps> goes through Venus and ends up on the other side of Venus. And this all happens in a split second. And what you see is that left where the sales them was is a metal humanoid machine that is covered in like the foam stuff. And as soon as the, what is very clear now is a sort of projection or hologram of the sales them passes through Venus, the mechanical metal self follows at an incredibly fast speed. <gasps> right through Venus. This move is called Touch the Doorknob. Okay. <laughs> Mike made a beautiful suite of powers with this character. It's great. I, uh, I took all the names from things that my boss in 2008 uh, told me about sales tactics. Amazing. A man, a man who I think had to flee New York so that he didn't go to prison. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Sounds like a good sales So move. does that do uh, damage? It's pretty good. Yes. Yeah, it could. Fuck. I'm burning grit, baby. So yeah, so what Taylor is describing is um, basically the skin, like the projected skin of the sales them very like instantaneously moves from one place to the other and the metal body follows it at a high rate of speed and basically just bowls through whatever's in the way. So it just careens through a bunch of garbage. It breaks through uh, some of the sides of the cubicles and if Venus is standing in the way, which it sounds like Taylor has positioned it such that that is exactly the case, then Venus is going to get slammed into if he doesn't get out the way. Unless Venos passes a move check greater than eight. Ooh, well, that that seems hard, but <laughs> I will try. And I got a three. So you got to roll a d6 and take that damage, baby. Oy. As the metal carapace of the sails them slams into Venos. Three. Three damage. Three damage. Beta, you have just seen uh, the sales them send a projection of its outward appearance uh, across the room, and then a metal body followed it and kind of like shoulder checked Venos. Um, and they are now on the other side of uh, the the fold gates that uh, Venos has stabilized. Okay, Beta says, "Wow, she does not take no for an answer," uh, and she's a little impressed with that. And she um, <laughs> she dodges to kind of get out of the way, kind of goes where the gnome, that gnomes are. They're kind of like all around. If you want to go towards where uh, Zap is, that's like closer to where the sales them just was. Where is Zap the one that's hurt? Who's the most hurt? Yeah, Zap is the one that's hurt. I'm going to go yeah. over where Zap is. Uh, yeah, he's there. He's like face down at a bunch of rubble, like sort of like groaning and like kind of trying to flip over. But you can tell he's in a lot of pain. Is that the full, that would be a full turn? Uh, no, you can move and do something. It's close enough that you would still have an action. Okay, I'm going to um, do heal on Zap. <gasps> All right, do it up. Okay, how do I do this? Burn to grit to treat a person um, and that person regains two health and any simple condition stops. So if Zap is bleeding or something like that. Yeah, so yeah, you make it to Zap and you, um, you I guess in D&D &D you call this the laying of hands. Is that right? What does this look like? Beta takes out of her bag um, some bandages to uh, kind of put on Zap Though the bandages are not going to do anything um, because her powers are more kind of like energy based. Uh, so it's kind of just like a for show. 
And uh, <laughs> while she does that, you can see kind of um, miraculously the, the the big scrape across Zap's back is like starting to heal. As she puts bandages mm. kind of like on his hand, like places that were, were not damaged. <laughs> She's like giving him a haircut, but his like his burns are going away. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, how much does that heal him for? Um, two heal plus the condition stops, okay. and I just burn two grit. Great. Okay. Cool. He's he is definitely um, appreciative, uh, and uh, and is he doesn't say much. Um, he's still like very out of it, and you know trying to sort of keep consciousness. Remy, it's your go. Remy's gonna run up to this robot and burn eight grit and try and use repro. So yeah, repro is um, you send your nanites into an electrical device. This can be a standard Tefnian comm, a dumb ancient radio, or a sapient brain to induce any specific effect possible. The host rolls will against your reaction or your charisma, whichever is better, to detect the manipulation. And if the manipulation would destroy the host, it gets an additional will check against difficulty seven to remain fragmented but alive. Mm. So Remy runs, I guess this looks like Remy just runs up to this robot uh, smacks it under the chin or what he sees is the chin with his palm. Uh, yeah, when you do that, when you um, when you sort of like give it like a, what is this, like an open palm uppercut almost? Yeah. Um, like you feel, when you do it, you feel co- like cold, like riveted metal. Um, your hand kind of passes through the waiting, the bejeweled waiting face that you see and you can feel just this tough, uh, but smooth exterior and these like plates of metal shaped around s- some form uh, and it like turns to look at you. Right, so now it has to beat uh, a check against uh, Remy's charm, which is 10. Is that including your um, mustache bonus? Nope, so that's 11. There you go. Oh, mustache bonus. <laughs> and um, what does it roll against? Like, what is the... It rolls will. Will. And the sales them can burn grit. Oh, so yeah. shit. One. No <gasps> way. The sales them oh. rolled a, a one on a D12. Taylor. <laughs> nice. I was rolling so well. The curse of the tra- Taylor. The tradition continues. Oh, thank well, God. Well, Mike, let's let's okay. let's resolve this. And then we'll see who's yeah. moaning. Okay, so, uh, and yeah, let's just, let's just, I'm just going <laughs> to say, don't print up programs for the funeral yet, folks. Okay. All right. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah. So, tell us what happens. So Remy just wants this thing to shut down. Just like full shutdown. Like he's trying to destroy the cir- like the circuitry that can turn this thing on. And this is, describe it to us, like this is, you're using your nanites. So there's like yes. nano nanotechnology emanating from your body somehow. Yeah. So I, I think basically um, in Remy's palm, there's like a, I guess if you were the chin, you would see the, uh, like a, a pool of like gray sort of fluid forming on his palm. And when he struck the thing in the face or what it, he perceived to be its face, all of that found its way into the crevices under the under the riveted metal and is seeking whatever, you know, like obviously what Remy wants, which is to turn this thing off. So it's like, I don't know that Remy necessarily knows what's happening with the nanites. All he knows is that he he wants them to do something and they figure out what to do sure. based on what he wants. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I'm going to say that the one, right, normally um, uh, if you are asking something to destroy itself, it gets an additional roll. But since it rolled a one, it's not going to make an additional roll. So, Taylor, I don't know what you have in mind, but like basically the some aspect of the sales them is destroyed or is turned off. I, I think that I think that the part of the sales then that you touched is is ruined and destroyed. I mean, right? I, I mean, the 
I think the power itself is like more like it just the electronic thing does whatever you want it to do. Which and is you're telling down. it to shut down? Yeah. It shuts down. The outside, the visual pri- part of the thing remains standing straight up and looking at you. And like, <laughs> at lo- like clipping through it is this metal humanoid that leans over and flops. So now there's this very nice looking sales them looking at you with a humanoid metal robot sort of sticking out horizontally from its chest. And the fold gates do not disappear. They do not stop being uh, coming into existence around the body of this thing and around the sales floor that you are on. Uh, the next person to act are the gnomes. I hate to say it, but say do it. we know where O? Uh, Have we lost? Oat has been. (laughs) No, Oat is there. Uh, Oat, since the event in the elevator where he saw the snake man, uh, he has been very, very quiet and hanging in the back, muttering to himself. Okay. He's not involved himself in this battle and probably should not. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure Um, we had some information of where Oat was. Good call. He hid hid when the gnomes scattered, he hid. Okay. Zap turns around and looks at Beta and says, thank you. And he sees that the sort of carapace, the the metal body of this thing is like slumped over. um, And he shouts to Hare. He says, Hare, pop, if you can, dismantle it. Take it apart. (laughs) Somebody say demolition. You hear a very particular sound of a grenade launcher being fired. uh, And... (laughs) A, a small sort of baby food jar sized canister smacks into the metal carapace and explodes. Which is great because the foam is flammable also. <gasps> oh shit! The foam lights up. Uh, there is a pow! It's not a huge explosion, but it's big, and it knocks the it knocks the carapace, the metal the metal body, fully to the ground. Uh, parts of it have been blown open, uh, and the foam is now all over it, just like burning at a very accelerated rate. And it begins to fill the area with smoke. And as the area fills with smoke, you can see beams of light traveling through the smoke. There is a cone of light whose point is the projection of the sails then that is talking to you. But these beams of light are being emanated from what is clearly some kind of micro projectors, hundreds or thousands and thousands of them built into the ceiling of the room. Uh, And does this explosion like, you know, Remy has time to get out of the way? I don't know, probably not. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'd have to, he'd he'd have to roll a movement check, I think, probably. Why don't you, yeah, roll a movement check and just make sure, like, you know, pass like, pass four. I'm gonna make it pretty easy because I don't want you to get hurt this way. <laughs> I mean... Kind of for no reason other than I don't want you to get seven. hurt. Okay, yeah, you're fine. So even I, mean, Remy, I mean, Remy also, like, he remember, he, he's jumped on grenades before. I don't think that's he's particularly true. worried. Yeah. <laughs> Loves a grenade. Yeah, we don't want you to foam yourself. Uh, that didn't work out well last time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you, like, it's warm. It's hot. You maybe singe an eyebrow. Um, you know, uh, the end of your mustache curls up a little bit, but uh, <laughs> otherwise it's good. Not the stash, bro. <laughs> yeah. Half of it gone. Half the mustache is gone. You get a, you get a, a plus half to charisma, yeah. to charm. Um, okay, uh, Venus, it's your go. The metal body of the sales them is uh, in tatters in a pile on the ground, um, but the Harajun projection that you have seen uh, remains stalwart. And you can now see, as Taylor described, uh, that the projection seems to be emanating from uh, the, the screen that is the ceiling. Venus knows now that this is not a projection coming from the bot itself, and so it's, and obviously its controls aren't coming from the bot itself. I guess we got to find out where the, you still the got that shotgun, control. right? Yeah, I do. <laughs> it seems that um, 
the point of central control for the building isn't anywhere in the vicinity. So I, I guess I'm not 100% sure how we're in initiative. <laughs> what are we fighting? You'll see the when hologram. I get my next turn, my friend. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Taylor, yeah Taylor, hasn't, Taylor hasn't had a turn since the carapace That's has true. been destroyed. Venus is actually just pissed that this thing ran into him and, and shoulder checked yeah. him. Uh, so he looks, he's kind of just getting up, realize, getting his wits about him and sees where the projection is coming from, points up and shoots. The slug like blows a hole in what is clearly now a very fragile uh, ceiling, probably fragile because it's made up of millions of Pico projectors uh, of, you know, futuristic provenance. Um, when you, you hit the spot right above the, I don't think he has to roll to hit a immobile No, and the building can't roll movement. Yeah, so yeah like. the building can't roll movement. So uh, uh, you knock, like, you knock a big chunk of the projectors that are projecting the, the, the sales them. You knock, just, just, pulverize them. Uh, and when you do so, you see two things. You see that the project projection of the sales them, uh, part of it flickers and becomes a little more, you know, a little faded. Uh, but then you see some projectors turn on just a foot away from the hole and the hologram gets a little bit brighter. But you can also see through the hole that there's, there, there, there's these like weird wires or pipes up in there, up in the ceiling that look organic. Uh, like intestines or something like that, but they're they're bent mm. at like right angles, and it seems to be that these cables are what's connecting to the projectors in the seat. Oh. So th but there's no fluid coming from them, though, right? Yeah, there's like a little bit of fluid coming <laughs> from them. What does the fluid look Ew. like? Yeah, translucent, whitish. Okay, all right, cool. <laughs> you know, your standard Android fluid. Standard fluid. Yeah, Android yeah. fluid. All right, cool. Uh, so, uh, there's your problem. Yeah, yep. got your fluids. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, uh, it's, leak, it's leaking milk. It's, uh, you can't, can't have an Android leaking milk. <laughs> is Chester in this game, too? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Chester's, where Chester Give me a few in, weeks. In every character. Yeah. <laughs> Mercus like hops up, he's standing now, um, and grabs the boot from his tail and kisses it. <laughs> hmm. And does a little cartwheel thing and uh, launches the boot upward into that open area into the ceiling. <laughs> so he's just basically throwing a boot up there. Hopefully it hits. Got a nine. I mean, yeah, you can do two, two damage, I guess. Yeah, I think you knock some of those biological, like weird mechanobiological cables loose and some more of the Pico projectors go out. Gotta roll a D4 for the damage. Okay. And it's a four. Yeah, you um, you hear the boot clatter on the other side of this weird projector drop ceiling um, where now that you've destroyed a part of it, you can see that there's this strange techno-biological construct of some kind, like maze of something or other. And yeah, you hear it clatter, you hear it knock a bunch of stuff. Um, and uh, some of the some of the little projectors that were making up a part of the sales them and flashing the kind of red uh, in the room uh, like flicker and go out and then the sales them reforms as other little projectors turn on. Steve Reaver, did you see that? Did you, did you see that? <laughs> really good stuff. <laughs> um, do we want to do another tiebreaker tie between beta and the sales them? Yeah. Okay, each of you roll movement. Five. Four. Sales them goes first. Sales them uh, looks at Mercus and <laughs> sort of like vanishes, just becomes faint. And because the room has is have, has all this like smoke and like particulate matter in it, you can trace like it's just like the way you know you can see a laser pointer in the smoke. Uh, you can see the beams of these projectors coming from the ceiling. You can see that they 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 stop projecting the sales them and they 
point directly at Marcus, and they focus into a white hot laser beam. Yes. <laughs> Cooked gecko. How much grit am I allowed to burn at once? Oh my god. As much god. as you want. Oh really? I oh think so. no. Life has never <laughs> stopped me from burning. But it's sets of three. So it's it, three, six, nine. Oh, you mm-hmm. mean for, for boosting a roll? Yeah. Oh, nine. Okay, I'm gonna burn nine. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Eighteen. Oof. Uh, is that what is that what Mercus has to roll to dodge? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Marcus! The sales them is mad. That's a okay. toasty gecko. So that's a <laughs> ten, right? I uh, know. As a, that's movement, right? Yeah, you have to you have to beat eighteen movement. <laughs> oh shit! Okay. Actually, well. no, that's not true. It's uh, it's in square meters. Is that what it is? Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Let me, let me, let me just read this out loud. Are you doing sweatem? Yeah, I'm doing sweatem. <laughs> uh, for reaction plus grit. Uh, the sales them is able to focus a set of projectors on the ceiling of the DLU to create an area of intense heat. The area is a meter square and any additional X grit makes the area X square meters larger. Ooh, okay. Um, so that would be nine square, so 10 square meters. That's to escape everybody. the target, that's, so that's, that's going to be Mercus and some other people, I bet. Yeah, yeah um, I think so. Yeah. To escape, target must make a six plus nine so a 15 move check or take d10 damage every time they start the round in their d10, area not immediately only when not you start your when you start, when you your, start your round okay. if you start your round yeah uh, Mergus is definitely gonna burn nine for this and roll a d10 to move shoot that's a 13 total you didn't make it Damn. <laughs> yes getting hot in here. If Mercus is standing where I imagine Mercus to be standing, I think there's Deep River has to dodge. And I think that's it. Yeah. I don't imagine Mercus being near anyone else. No, they were together the whole time. Yeah. What are we using for... um... D8s, straight D8s. The gnomes are just all D8s. Deep River does not try to jump out of the burning area of the laser. Deep River jumps on top of Mercus to shield oh. Mercus. Oh. Deep river. And I'll, I'll roll and you tell me the outcome of that attempt. Four. <laughs> I mean, I was going to say, I think four is the threshold that like mm. that, that Deep River is, Mercus is small. Deep River is roughly the same size. Like we have established in the elevator that gnomes climb people sometimes. Yeah. yeah. So like, I think Deep River is able to maybe even just tackle Mercus and be like, you know, and just starfish and try to protect Mercus. Deep River has wrapped herself around oh. Mercus's head. Um, Mercus and everybody else, you can see that there is a bright white, uh, large square that's forming with Mercus and Deep River in the middle of it. And uh, Mercus, slightly less so for you, more so for Deep River, it's getting very warm. Uh, The next person to act is Beta. Okay. I want to use Augur. And that's the power I have where I can ask any answerable short question. At the end of the round, after everyone else is in, in initiative has acted, the nameless thing whom you contacted will reply with the answer. It's at the end of this round before we loop yes. back. The answer may be vague depending on the question, but it will not be a malicious lie or incomplete. Got it, good. So beta is kind of hidden 
because she didn't move since um, she helped Zap, which was kind of hidden behind some stuff. So she's there. She's seeing what's going on. She just saw Deep River jump on top of Marcus, and she's like, okay, I'm I'm going to need... I got to talk to someone. <laughs> um, so she kind of pulls her sword out of the sword holder that she had her sword in, um, which it didn't really fit in very well because it's pretty broken and crooked. Um, and she looks at it and she's like, okay, tell me, tell me, babe, <laughs> um, where is the heart of this creature? Because she wants to know, she wants to know where they need to attack in order to end this thing. You do not get an immediate answer, but you know that sometimes, especially in the heat of battle, the infinite beings to which you speak take a moment to respond. Yes. Okay. I burn 10 minus D reaction. Not reaction, D reason, which is 11. No, it's 12 plus one. Oh, yes. But it's a minimum of two. So. Did you roll really well? Yeah, nice. I rolled an 11. Remy, your go. Uh, so, Mike, I do have a question for you sure. in game terms. So I have my endothermic grenade launcher, grenade maker thing. Yeah. Does that take grit to use? Let me look. Pass a seven reason test. Oh, so so there's no... No cost. There's no There's no cost. No cost associated. It's just, it's just difficult to use. Yeah, seven reason. Good information for the future. Um, so he saw he saw what happened with Venus just shooting shooting the ceiling with a shotgun and decides that he's going to do the same thing. Remy's going to burn three grit and uh, use charge, which is you know the gambit thing. Nanites transfer a rush of bioelectric energy into any object, explodes if it hits. Um, so let me roll my combat. What are you going to throw? Um, there's a bunch of detritus laying around, right? True. Like, it doesn't matter what it is. There's tons uh, of stuff. Yeah, there's just yeah, yeah, a bunch of I crap laying around. What, what's the coolest object uh, yeah. close to Remy? Uh, there's, like, what's like, like, what's the coolest looking paperweight nearby? I was going to say there's like a, a somehow perfectly unbroken, just perfectly clean porcelain white coffee mug at your feet. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. We're play- this is control. You, you, <laughs> you've, you've described control. Yeah, uh, yeah so uh, Remy's going to pick up the coffee mug uh, and uh, sh- just like ho- you know hold it in his like hands not not holding the handle holding just the mug itself uh, and shoot it from his palms like he's like shooting some sort of energy beam um, I have to roll my combat plus three because I'm running through right here and where are you aiming for are you just aiming for that whole aiming, same hole I'm in the aiming ceiling? directly into the hole right. yeah. into the hole okay like he's, I mean, he see, he's seeing the whitish fluid drip out. I think he's like aiming like specifically for like at like wherever, because he can't see really into the hole. He can just see the yeah. stuff coming out of it, right? Well, no, you can see into the hole. It's like, it's not like a deep ceiling. It's like, it's kind of like a drop ceiling. The lights are installed right, you know, above oh, the, the tiles, like right above the part that was blown open. You can see there's just like whatever was connected to these projectors has been severed and is kind of dripping. Yeah, he's just gonna she's gonna shoot it into the hole and hope it explodes in the right place. <laughs> uh, he rolled a thirteen, which is max. That's a that is the highest he can roll. So it's okay, thirteen plus three. So I, I my uh, to hit is sixteen. Do I hit? <laughs> like yes. Okay, Taylor. Right. Oh, I mean, yeah. So how yeah. how big is the blast radius on this thing? Yeah, the building again. The building well, can't so, really dodge. So yeah. So the object explodes and deals damage equal to d6 plus x plus your level. So that's one d6 plus three plus two. I think that's a hell of a lot bigger than a shotgun slug. So the whole 
like is just you, you blow a much larger hole around it. Uh, and sure enough, like you disrupt the projectors lasering uh, Mercus in Deep River. But you know, it, all that means is that new projectors come to life uh, outside of that, like around the edge of that hole. It looks like the whole ceiling's covered in these things. You do see like more of those wires that were connected to the projectors are, are hanging out. Guys, I think we got to get the fuck out of here. This, I don't think we can kill this, the, the entire building. Peter says, I agree with that. Uh, is that your turn? I think he's going to run over to uh, Beta also, just because you move. You have like one action and one. Yeah, you can move. Yeah, you can get there. Movement. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so down by Zap, yeah. So at the end of Remy's turn, Beta, your sword jiggles a little bit and pops open from the scabbard, uh, like sort of on its own. And you hear a tiny voice come from it. It's like hard to hear. You can't, it's like very quiet and very difficult to understand. Do you put the sword up to your ear? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, hey, Beta. Hey, Beta. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know. Yes. What's What's this guy's deal? What? No, you're supposed you're supposed to tell me this guy's deal. Yeah, but like what's this like what what did you how did you get yourself in? Oh, I mean, I really can't get into this right now. But basically I was you're I was always, offered some time I was offered some timeshares and I just you know me, I just I always put them. my foot down. You're always calling for people out of your league. You gotta you gotta I know, I know. But you if you could have seen her when she was in her true form, you would have fallen for I'm saying. Hey, listen, I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm saying, sometimes you aim high. I aim high. You gotta aim high. You gotta aim high. Aim high. Oh, I see what you're doing. Okay, I have to aim higher. Yeah. Like, to the left or the right? I mean, she's, I mean, like, you know, she seems great, but like, you know, she got package, so, you got, like, you can, she's great, you can do better. You can, you aim high, you gotta aim higher. Aim higher. (laughs) Meanwhile, Mercus is, is like, corner of his eye, can see (laughs) Beta, like, talking to her sword, like, what's he doing the picture like it's like it's like marcus can't see shit <laughs> well his eyes are very wide set <laughs> uh, what is that not, is, is that is that not helpful yeah but you know there's a lot of there's a lot of height here there, you know it's a wide wide height yeah listen you just gotta like follow your heart i guess okay, follow <laughs> my heart okay maybe you could ask someone that's had like um, you know more experience uh, someone who's been through this before oh okay maybe i could um be like Okay, I get it. Just get, get some get some advice from you. Know, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Anyways, I gotta, I gotta go. I gotta think. Yeah, yeah. You always have a thing. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, okay. <laughs> Ugh, you make me so tired when I talk to you. I just get a little bit sleepy. <laughs> Back around, uh, and it's now the gnome's turn. Turn, and um, Zap uh, is like standing up, and he's trying to he's like taking in the full scene finally uh and he looks and he's like and he shouts he's like pop you gotta remember where that where that panel is where was the panel yeah it's high it's high it's uh was up high because i had to stack a chair and a desk it's up in the ceiling somewhere i believe oh it's in the middle i was in the middle of the room up in the ceiling i, I believe if that is the case, this room's very, very big. You probably have 50 yards to run to get to what might be the middle. Bino starts running towards the middle of the room. Hell yeah, run to the middle of the room. 
Um, Says nothing, just begins <laughs> booking it. I mean, if you want to make that be your whole turn and you want to just like mo- tr- turn your action into a sprint, basically, I think you could probably get within sight of the middle. And sure enough, you actually do see a very neatly stacked pile of furniture. Oh. Uh, when you run uh, further towards the middle into what up until this point has been like either dark red or just like dark horizon deep into this huge, huge room, you do see like a cube that's been cleared and there's a desk and on top of the desk is a filing cabinet and on top of the filing cabinet is another filing cabinet turns the other way uh, and you're not there yet but you can definitely make it out Mercus it's your go deep river <laughs> roll a d10 should I roll it or do you want to yeah. roll it I'll roll it deep river no eight eight yikes eight deep river no. takes eight <laughs> damage um, and is and is starting Oof. to get singed in the white Oof. hot heat of no. this uh, bright white projection uh, from the ceiling. Okay, Marcus is gonna roll movement, but burn six. Oh, 14. No, that's so close. No. Do we think this is also damage or no? I yes, know. damage. Yes, I, mean, I, I think because she's blocked, because Mercus is protected, that's not going to be a D10. I think a D6 is reasonable. Yeah, I was going to say. I think uh, you now take D6 damage. Yikes. Or lamp. So Mercus is just trying to move out of the way, but the weight of um, Deep River is unexpected, and so it doesn't quite get out of the way of the laser. It's hot, and your 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 skin is starting to get dry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Starting to exfoliate. Um, okay, uh, roll a movement tiebreaker between beta and the sales them. Seven. Two. Can the sales them maintain the beam and also do something else? It cannot sweat them and close. It cannot sweat them twice. It can only sweat them once at a time. And it cannot sweat them and close. The beam continues to cook Deep River and Mercus. In fact, maybe it intensifies. That's it. Is that your turn? All right. Okay. Beta, you um, you uh, have just received some advice from your sword, um, and uh, you have heard Pop describe the location that he remembered was like maybe in the middle, and that he stacked some furniture, uh, and then you have seen Venus book it uh, away uh, from where you currently are. Beta is going to okay. This is what she's going to do. She is going to connect Venus's mind with Pop in the hope that Pop can remember how he turned on and off this controller and that Venus can do it then, listening to him. So uh, she just yells, connection incoming, and then um, (laughs) connects them by burning two grit and connecting the two minds together telepathically for, are we level one? We're level two? You're level two. So it'll be for four minutes. Um, so Venus, uh, out of nowhere, as you're jogging towards this, through this dark room, towards this monolith of furniture, you just hear in your brain, whatever it is Pop was thinking at the moment. (laughs) I don't remember if I made that tall tower of furniture very well or not. I think I was in a hurry. I hope that old man doesn't hurt himself. Pop, you hear whatever Venus is thinking about at this moment. (laughs) Um, and Venus is thinking... Well, that's a strange accent. I've been taken upon myself to speak in my own brain. What the? <laughs> <laughs> 
uh, uh, so yeah, you guys can talk to one another. And I guess you can also hear Beta like saying connecting and hello. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right. Thank, thank you, Beta. Uh, hello, Pop. I'll try to be careful on on the furniture. Yeah, you but ought to be careful. Get, you know, all this fun of stuff going around, you can still fall down and hurt your head. Well, too true. <laughs> um, Beta, is that your turn? That is my turn. Remy, it's all you. Sick. Um, Remy's going to run halfway across the room and then try and use this endothermic grenade maker and just chuck it at the pile of stuff. Sweet. Yeah. Because I don't think I don't think Venus is quite there yet, right? Uh, no, he's not quite there yet. You would you would feel confident if you're going to not run your full length. Yeah. You would, I think, still feel confident that barring a terrible roll, um, it should be relatively easy yeah. for you to toss something over Venos's head. He's, he's, he's trying to chuck a grenade from this grenade maker um, in such a way that it bounces off like the top of the filing cabinet uh, and like toward the ceiling. Or I guess, is there like, is there anything else on top of the filing cabinet? Maybe there's a chair on top of it. I don't know. Yeah, there's like, it's like a precarious pile of just office furniture. So yeah, there's like a yeah, chair just, on top, of, it, trying, on top yeah. of the chairs. He's just trying to hit a bank shot and bank it, like bank the grenade up to the ceiling. You're shooting a grenade sure. at the pile of furniture I'm running at to use to turn off a panel. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, there's no guarantee this will work. So, so you pull, so you jog down this dark room, trailing Venus, um, and you pull out the weird calipers that aren't calipers. Do you futz with the controls on the face of this weird little box, and then just start wiggling uh, the calipers back and forth? Yeah. Ooh, didn't pass the re- the reason check. Uh, yeah. The there's a there's like a little green screen on it, like a little readout, and you can see that there's a bunch of like numbers scrolling back and forth on it, and you can tell that as you turn the dial. Like some of the numbers scroll by faster and some of them scroll by slower. And like you get the sense that maybe what you need to do is like get them all to stop and that you're kind of calibrating it to, to like know what it's supposed to do. But you can't you can't yeah. figure it out. It's it's not, it's not cool. doing anything. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, nothing happens. But Remy is headed that direction right behind Venus. The gnomes do the same thing. They run towards uh, towards Venus um, and make a break for it. I guess Pop sort of like takes up the rear. Venus, it's your go. You can, in this turn, run a normal amount of distance. Uh, like, you don't have to strain yourself and get to the pile of furniture. Okay, so he gets to the pile of furniture, uh, climbs up it carefully, um, and asks Pop, um, Okay, now, h- how do I turn this thing off, Pop? Oh, uh, well, I think that uh, I, it was pretty easy to turn it on. Yes. You gotta, so, you gotta uh, get up in there, in there boy. So I I go to try to get up in there. Uh, Mike, is there any movement check or anything to 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 see how well I get up it, or do I actually have access to the panel now? So it's actually pretty sturdy. Okay, uh, Pop actually did a, it. Doesn't look like it is, but it, like all the things are very heavy and well okay. made. Yeah. So you climb up this thing and you push on the panels and they they give way. Yeah. Uh, Taylor, what does Vino see when he sticks his what head in the ceiling? What you see is a cube of throbbing, mottled flesh of many colors, uh, with mm. dozens and dozens and dozens of these uh, right angle, but nevertheless shimmering moist biological pipes and tubes uh, running into this sort of central nexus. It's about the size of a nice old TV. Uh, Not too big, um, but it's putting out heat. Uh, You can feel the vibration coming from it, uh, and from, you know, from within, you can hear the very distinct and recognizable uh, thrum of a high-powered computational device. On on the exterior are tons of, like, bone and (laughs) tent. Uh, like switches mm. and gauges and sliders and knobs, ports, 
Ugh, this is like a David Cronenberg. Yeah. Um, Pop, do you remember what switch you you, you chose? There's several. I was trying a whole bunch because I was trying to. I, I, I thought that, uh, I right. thought that what Which, it was was a communications tower. I did not know that it was a machine that controlled a nice man. Whichever way that most of the switchers are facing towards, Venus pushes them all the opposite way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a giant voice chimes out. Shutdown confirm. Yes. Shutdown confirmed. Last <laughs> chance to cancel shutdown. Venus is silent. Would you like to cancel shutdown? <laughs> no. Confirm shutdown. <laughs> shutdown confirmed. The light goes out. Uh, you are all in a massive darkened uh, cubicle <laughs> office uh, full of garbage um, and the previously brightly red lit ceiling and in certain locations, bright white and hot lit ceiling is now off. Oh, what about the portals? The clouds of small fold gates in this room all disappear. If you turn back, however, the one that is held open by the fold gate stabilizer remains stabilized. Uh, uh, Venus just collapses on top of the, uh, on top of the file cabinet, just breathing hard. <sighs> Mercus falls backwards with Deep River still on top of him. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, it is now a normal Goodness. temperature where you are. Uh, Beta says, great job, Venus. Okay, who's in the worst shape here? <laughs> and are they still connected? Yeah, I mean, it's four minutes, right? Yeah. Uh, you turned the nice young man off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Pop, you listen to me carefully, please. Don't ever turn the nice man on again, please. Don't turn the who on again? <laughs> the nice man. <laughs> the man that you think is, is nice back? who tried to kill us. Oh, tell him I no. said hello. I'm not going to do that. You never mind this area at all, please. Who is this in my head? <laughs> it's still Vino's. Vino's? <laughs> yes, the old man on top of the file cabinet. We'll talk later. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a, such a shame you can't hang up your own yeah. brain. Yeah. This is a kind of hell. <laughs> yes, I agree. <laughs> I imagine like Beta is like Lily Tomlin, yes. like operator. Like operator. Beta knows that she could disconnect them right now, but it's like, no, they could like this is fine. A deep river climbs <laughs> off a of Mercus and a big chunk of her hair is been singed close to her head. Uh she looks at Marcus and says, you got a sunburn. And you can see like little dry patches on his skin. But he gets out a little, um, what is it called? Oh, yeah. Stimtonil, which are, yeah, which are basically like Band-Aids. <laughs> and puts one on, on like where Deep River was burned. Like it was at the back of her side. or the front of her as a side. Yeah. So he puts like this Stimtonil patch like on there and it's like uh, D4. Healing, hold on. It doesn't come close to fixing it, but she says, "Oh, thank you." It feels. It's just two, just two Aww. little, two little points of recovery. <laughs> Her head's smoking. <laughs> and that, that feels good. And he's just like matching her intense, like staring, like they were in the elevator. <laughs> Deep River kisses Marcus. Kiss Cam. Kiss Cam. And it's just tea kettle noise the whole time for a full minute. And his ear flaps just completely unfurl and just go. Thank God Beta is not seeing this. 
she would be so pissed. Uh, you are you are lit only by the dull glow of the stabilized uh, fold gate um, that is uh, you know pouring out the light of bright Kakudun through about twenty five meters of the Escheresque. So it's you know you're like lit by what is effectively moonlight in this moment. Oh, <laughs> gosh, that's sweet. And and then afterward, Mercus is just wiping the mucus off her face. Everybody over at the furniture monolith uh, hears the dull uh, tea kettle noise of Mercus uh, in the in the distance. And uh, yeah, it's mostly dark except for the stabilized fold gate. Uh, Venos walks over to the fold gate, goes to reach out to grab the, uh, the fold gate stabilizer. Uh, he pauses and then turns to his crew and says, don't we need to go to Cockadoon? You are now leaving Float City. Thanks for listening, and thanks to everybody who supported us over the last two weeks during our fundraiser. Fun City has been trying to raise some cash so we can hire an editor in the hopes of making release more consistent and reliable. If you like the show and you want to help us keep making it, head on over to patreon.com forward slash funcityventures. Five bucks a month gets you access to a whole other show we do called Fun Chatty. It gets you access to our rad as heck discord full of very weird and smart nerds. It gets you access to music playlists and more it is a wild deal you know you wanna patreon.com forward slash fun city ventures and of course thanks to all of our current patrons for help keeping this ship afloat hi i'm Bijan steven and i play remy tester on float city you can find me online on twitter at Bijan steven b-i-j-a-n-s-t-e-p-h-e-n on twitch at the same name and on instagram at Bijan cakes b-i-j-a-n cakes i'm jen de la vega i play mercus imeldar you can find me on twitter and instagram at randwiches that's the word sandwiches but replace the s with an r this is shannon odell i play beta combat you can find me on social at showdell hello this is nick gercio and i play lux on fun city and venos on float city you could find me at nicholas gercio on twitter and in gercio on Instagram. You spell Gercio, G-U-E-R-C-I-O. I'm Taylor Moore, and I play all the cool, interesting characters. You can follow me at taylor.biz. <laughs> My name is Mike Rignetta. I am your GM, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mike Rignetta. You can find the show on Twitter and Instagram at Fun City Ventures. Float City is played in a soon-to-be-released system called Still Fleet, which you can find on Twitter, Instagram, and Patreon at Still Fleet. This episode of Float City was recorded at various locations around Brooklyn, New York. It was produced, edited, and sound designed by me, Mike Rignetta. The citizens of New York close their books and lock their chests. The mariners of Boston drop their anchors unlaid. Pixel Riffs casts his pen upon the earth. Fun City's music is by Sam Tyndall. Remy's flute playing is by Jake Fridkiss. Our art is by Tess Stone. Our Discord mods are Olivia Gulen, Kit, Pulliam, and Kestrel. And the voice of Artemis is Molly Templeton. <laughs>